Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the astrological sign of Cancer. Today's show will focus on Leo. Myth and Tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. I am Biddy, your classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hope you're having a lovely summer. Yeah, we are into the middle of summer now mm-hmm. with Leo. So it's it's if you're in the northern hemisphere, it's uh it's really hot. hot. <laughs> and if yes. you're in the southern hemisphere, it's the dead of winter. Yay! <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so Leo, um, this is a, a sign that's near and dear to me, because I'm a Leo. Yay. Yay, and so are, like, all the women in my family. Are they really? <laughs> They're all, all Leo. Wow. It's just a bunch of... <laughs> I can see that. A lot of passion. There's a lot of passion in that family, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Leo, let's let's do Leo justice, right? Um, I, I mentioned the word passion. I would say that's probably a big big part of Leo. Um, So you can't really talk about Leo without talking about some of the things Leo rules. So Leo is a fire sign. It's a fixed fire sign and fixed signs tend to be really stubborn and uh, they don't really like to change their minds a lot (laughs) or they don't necessarily like to be proven wrong and especially Leo because Leo is a very proud sign. Mm. their pride is probably like their biggest downfall, but it's also one of the things that's great about them, and we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so Leo is ruled by the sun, and there's this thing in astro- in astrology where they talk about how if a planet is in its home sign, so if a planet is in the sign that is ru- that it rules, so for example, if Mercury was in Gemini or Virgo, because Mercury really- Mercury rules both of those, um, then it would be amplified, right? Okay. Or if your moon is in Cancer, then that means it's like amplified. The effects of the moon, which is emotions, it would get very amplified in Cancer because it rules Cancer. Okay. Right? Um, Leo is ruled by the sun. And that and the fact that it is in Leo right now, the fact that the sun has moved into Leo, that means every person who's born a Leo is automatically amplified. <laughs> <laughs> So they, does that mean like their personality is more yes, intense? Yes, they're or... definite. It's it definitely like intensifies the aspects of self, right? Because um, that's what the sun does. The sun rules the self, how how people see you, um, and also how you see yourself, right? So the sun, if you have a sun in Leo, automatically those aspects are very much amplified, and so pretty much. Leo is the sign of self. Okay. Right? Sorry, just go back one second. So, say your son is in Leo. Yeah. Oh, wait, but it's a sun sign. So, I was going to say, what if somebody else has a son in something else? But that's what astrology is. That's what astrology is. Yeah. So, the sun is actually going to change into Leo on July 23rd Mm -hmm. this year, right? Slightly different every year. So, Um, but they, they, like... If you have, if you're born on like July 22nd, July 23rd, mm-hmm. you ch- you have aspects of both Cancer and Leo because you're a cusp sign. 
Yay. <laughs> We're going to talk about cusp signs later, but um, not today. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so your sun is moving into uh, a different astrology sign, and that's what we call your sun sign, right? So when the sun moves into Leo, Leo rules the sun. Therefore, Leo is extra um, all about the self. <laughs> uh, Leo also rules the heart. And Leo, that's one of the reasons I think that Leo has that reputation of being extremely passionate. I think the other sign that comes to mind is, as being known for their passion is Scorpio. And hooey, we'll mm-hmm, talk about mm-hmm. Scorpio. I married me a Scorpio. Yep. Good times there. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Passion is a big part, but also this idea of creativity and expressing the self because fire very much cares about expressing the self. And and when it's fixed, all of that gets amplified. Plus, you've got the sun in its home residence of Leo and everything is just very amplified about self. And then when you enter the the heart into that mixture, you've got self-love which is one of the most beautiful things you can have unless it turns into narcissism, then it's a little different. That's, <laughs> that's, like, that's taking a good thing and twisting it, just putting some poison in there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there who, in fear of being narcissistic, decide that they're going to swing the other way and not love themselves. And I think that's actually way worse. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so self-hatred is something I've wanted to talk about um, for a while. Self-hatred is, in my opinion, the most destructive form of hatred because it just bleeds off into everything. And when you hate yourself, you just, it's, it just t- turns into other forms as well, right? Because you're not just hating yourself, you're trying to protect yourself, so suddenly you'll see hatred everywhere and it just it spreads and it gets really destructive. But similarly, when you love yourself, you're also able to spread that love everywhere. It's kind of like the way you treat yourself is practice for how you treat everyone, right? And similarly, the way you treat yourself is practice for how everyone's going to treat you. So if you focus on on loving yourself and forgiving yourself and taking care of yourself, that's kind of also how you're going to treat everyone else and how they're going to treat you in return, right? Um, and that's pretty much the lesson of Leo. And the tricky part is doing that without getting too lost in your pride, <laughs> right? Um, so if you've ever wounded a Leo's pride, you will know about it because they will tell you, um, chances are they will, uh, become very defensive and go off to a corner and pout for a long time. Guilty. I'm guilty of that. (laughs) Right. Um, and hopefully your Leo will get over it because they don't really like to, not be the center of attention for too much long, <laughs> for too long, right? So they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, well, it's over. It's over now. Um, depending on how much you wounded their pride, they might hold a, a little bit of a grudge, but it's not really in Leo's nature to hold grudges and um, and ruin the mood of a good party. <laughs> Anyways, okay, uh, especially because Leo loves being the center of the party. They love being the life of the party. Um, If you have Leo friends, they will come in and just kind of suddenly everything's about them, (laughs) right? Okay, so I think probably one of the healthiest things a Leo can do, and it 
or I'm going to say one of the things I've seen Leos do who are who tend to evolve a little bit more. So you've got different levels for every sign, right? Um, but when it comes to Leo, I find that the more evolved Leos tend to see everyone as parts of themselves, right? And that's kind of a tricky thing to explain. Basically, they see other people as extensions of themselves or they see themselves in other people and depending on how well that Leo treats themselves depends on also how well they'll treat those other people, right? So it's kind of like they end up having this really loving, generous personality to everyone because of course I'm going to be generous to you. You're part of me, right? <laughs> so still being the center. <laughs> exactly. Of course I'm going to be nice to you. You're you're just a different version of me, right? Um, like I've seen Leos who really value this idea of teamwork. They're like, I can't be everyone. Therefore, you go off and be that person while I be me, and I'll just consider this to be, uh, you know, another extension of myself who's, oh, this is the version of me who went off and became a firefighter. This is a person, uh, this is the version of me who uh, went off and, you know, became the teacher, and this is the version of me who did this. Um, and they kind of see themselves in all the people. and. Uh, if they're really evolved, they'll even see themselves as the person who robbed them, right? It's like, oh, this is the person who just robbed me. Oh, I wonder if I was in this situation, what I would be thinking and feeling. And that's where I think the evolved aspects of Leo come in, right? They're able to see themselves in other people. And that's also one of the reasons why Leo has a reputation for being so generous, um, because they... Like when you love yourself and you're able to expand your sense of self into a more global understanding of humanity, then it just makes sense to be generous. It, it doesn't make sense to not, right? It doesn't make sense to hold, hoard everything to only one part of yourself when everything is a part of yourself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so Leo is also the lion and did you have something to say about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think her too. <laughs> yeah, so Leo is lion, and it is Latin for lion. Excellent. Um, which seems to be the case with every sign so far. <laughs> so there we go. Um, it is also leon, so L-E-O-N, or E with an epsilon, um, mm -hmm. is Greek for lion. So it is both basically Latin and Greek. Um, the lion that represents Leo is the Nemean lion. So we've talked about the Nemean line before, um, especially in our strength episode back yes. talking about um, Heracles and Athena more um, in that episode. So I'm not going to go into as much detail about their relationship or about really Heracles' background just because we talked about it last month <laughs> um, yeah. and in a lot of other episodes. So. I will talk about about this one in particular, but not as much about the background. Um, and something I don't know if I've said recently or not, I call him Heracles because that is the Greek version and we're talking about a Greek story. Hercules is the Latin name for Heracles. So, so the same person. The same person. Yeah. It's just a Romanized or Latinized version of it. So okay. I'm not being weird. <laughs> and yes, it is who you think it is. Well, it's just a different name. you're being kind of weird. You're being like um, an actual technical weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm being the classics nerd. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, the classics nerd, which is excellent. <laughs> exactly. Um, here we go. So yeah, so like I said, I'm going to focus specifically on the Nemean lion, but also lions in general um, that we see in Greek mythology and culture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we t- before we talk about the death of the Nemean lion, because that's pretty much what the story with Heracles is, we'll talk about his life a little bit first. So the Nemean lion lived between Mycenae and um, Nemea on a mountain called Tratos um, and was said to have ravished the countryside there. And he would have, he'd live in a little cave um, in, in the mountainside. Right. He had an impenetrable hide, which means that it couldn't be cut by, you know, iron or bronze or stone. Nothing could harm him. Um, so that's the background information, basically. Um, so Heracles was sent to defeat this lion as his first labor. So mm-hmm. again, we remember he was sent on his labors because he killed his family, wife and kids and... By... From Hera, from Hera, Hera being Hera drove yeah. him mad. He did this, and to kind of get rid of his miasma, this blood pollution, yeah, um, he had to go on these labors. So this was his first labor: go take care of this lion. He is causing a lot of trouble. Yeah, good luck. So, he <laughs> good went, luck. By the way, he can't be killed with a sword. <laughs> exactly, or a bow and arrow, which was yeah. the first thing that he tried to use yeah. to defeat this lion. But the arrow would just kind of bounce off the lion, so that's not going to work. The lion then takes off um, into the mountains, um, into his cave, and Heracles chases him there, and they start wrestling one another because why not? What else are you going to (laughs) do? Exactly. And Heracles, being, you know, this strong brute force, um, uses his strength to snap the lion's neck. And that how he, or choke it, there's different versions but basically yeah he uses just his physical (laughs) strength to defeat the lion um heracles then tried to skin the nemean lion but again its hide was impenetrable yeah so um none of the weapons could break the skin um so with a bit of ingenuity and cleverness heracles actually took one of the lion's own claws and he was able to um cut the the pelt that way right um, and that, after that, that's why we always see Heracles wearing the skin of a lion around his shoulders with the, you know, the jaws kind of um, embracing his head almost like a helmet. Yeah. So we see this in a, an image in a lot of pottery of that time. Also, even now, I mean, if you think, I think... Hercules of, is often represented with the lion. With the lion, yeah. yes. I think because it was the first labor and because he would wear this lion skin, we definitely have that association. Um, I even think about, you know, the Hercules Disney movie. <laughs> we yeah. have him um, posing for for, uh, for the potter. For the, <laughs> and, you know, drawing with the lion, but the lion skin, I think, is Scar from The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> so great. <laughs> All the connections. It's, it's just lovely, yeah. Um, so we see him wearing that. Um, do-do-do-do. Um, he would also wear these in plays as well. So plays that were written about him, he would be wearing the lion skin. Again, as this kind of distinguishing feature to know, oh, okay, you see a big guy wearing a lion skin, that's going to be her. You know him by his lion skin. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so lions were definitely a visual symbol, like I said, that we see in Greek art, especially, I would say, from the Bronze Age. Um, so lion hunts were depicted on blades and swords, um, probably because there were actual lions in Greece and the southern um, Europe during this time period um, before they became extinct in around 100 BCE. Right. So they would have um, actually had lion hunts there. Um, it was likely seen as a status symbol for someone who to have hunted lions, um, but it was also a symbol of protection and possibly royalty. Um, we see this um, at 
two gates um, in the Bronze Age, one at Mycenae and the other at Hattusa. So both of these gates had lions located um, at the gates of the city um, as a sign of protection. So it's either as a guardian um, or it could be seen as warning off enemies. Like we are fierce, we are protected, like don't come at us kind of thing. But right, yeah. it's interesting because these two cities that I mentioned, Mycenae and Hattusa, even though they are around during the same time period, um, they're very far apart. So Hattusa is more um, closer, like in, in modern day Turkey, okay. Mycenae's in Greece. But we are seeing this connection, this symbolism with lions in both places. That is, is interesting. Cool. Yeah. So this like symbolism of lions was really universal between places that were even really far apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So very good. It's the mane. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Other animals aren't as pretty. No. <laughs> well, the lion's got like, you know, it's got a bit of a... Uh, regalness to it right Mm -hmm. yeah comes off as being very regal and proud all those good things all the good things so that's all that i got (laughs) yeah a few things i really like about that story Mm -hmm. in regards to leo as well is like this idea that the the lion had this impenetrable hide and it thought it couldn't be hurt because of it i think that's also very much a leo trait yeah a lot of leos tend to think like so big of themselves that they don't realize how they can be hurt, which is, mm-hmm. um, I think, one of the reasons why it hits them so hard when it does. <laughs> or maybe they think right? that they have, like, thick skin. <laughs> yeah, well, and they'll think like, they oh. have thick skin, and then it turns out they're, like, super sensitive, mm-hmm. or um, or even worse, they'll, they'll, they'll believe themselves to be, like, really uh, brave, and they'll, they can do it, and then suddenly it comes to the actual action, they're like oh, wow, this is way scarier than I thought it would be. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready. But, of course, the Leo pride will see them through it because they, they agreed they would do this thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that that idea of, like, their their skin being so thick is interesting because um, it, of course, the, the lion's skin did not protect it in the end. No. And in fact, its own claws mm-hmm. were able to tear it, which I also think is a really interesting symbol. Like a very big, like, self-destructive. Yeah, image. exactly. Yeah. That there was the, the thing that could do the most damage to the lion was itself, mm-hmm. right? That, and I think that's also very true. Um, and I one of the reasons why I said, once again, I think self-hatred is is uh, the most destructive of the hatreds mm. because not only is it going to spread to everything else, but it will destroy you as well. Like, it'll destroy you first. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's the point. Um, anyway, we're not going to talk too much about that. <laughs> but yeah, this idea that the claws were the thing that was able to skin it in the end and the fact that it's its pelt, even though it was impenetrable, did not actually protect it as much as it thought it would, right? Yep. Yeah. Anyways, how are you doing on time? We're good. Do We're you good. want to talk about the, the spread. spread? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the spread. Um, it's very Leo. It's kind of, ins- it's a little bit inspired by the hero- hero's journey, a little bit, um, by this idea that Leos see themselves as the star. Well, obviously, the sun is a star. <laughs> so whenever Leo's like in a, in a play, they'll automatically see themselves as the star of that play, right? Um, so... A lot of these cards are labeled, 
like the the positions of the cards I've labeled them as almost um, roles in a play right uh, and of course Leo is the center of that play <laughs> anyways okay so the first card is your passion which is something near and dear to us all right the second one is your talent and the third one is your dream. So these are the three cards that kind of form the circle in the Leo symbol. Like if you ever look at the Leo symbol, it's kind of like a circle with a little tail on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to describe that. I think I've seen it described as like almost like a question mark, but without the dot, it just kind of like loops. It kind of loops around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so it's like... It's curvy. It's, mm-hmm. it's got curve and it's got a little flare on the end. Um, so the very first card we start with in the middle of the circle, you've got your passion, your talent, and your dream. And that's kind of this uh, setting the stage, if you will. Um, the next one is number four, how you see yourself. And this one's actually mirrored to number seven, which is how others see you, but we'll get there. So f- number four, how you see yourself based off of your passion, your, tr- your talent, and your dream. And then number five is the sidekick. So this is uh, who to keep by your side, who to, who's going to help you achieve um, achieve that dream. And then number six is the drama, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. So a lot of times we often talk about the obstacle in different kinds of readings that we've done. And this one's not an obstacle. It's just what's going to be the major what's going to cause the most emotion here, right? Um, And it's also the thing that's going to kind of upset everything else the most. So I say it's the drama, what to watch out for. Number seven is how others see you. So this one, like I mentioned before, reflects with how you see yourself. And then number eight is a little flare on the end. And that is a message from your guide. So I, if if you are of the belief that we all have guides, in this particular reading, there is a message from your guide at the very end because uh, a lot of times we are so focused on what it is we want, what it is we're rooting for, and we're so focused on that that we often kind of forget what is our intention in this in this world, right? So that's kind of what the flare is for as well. All right. Um, Oh, we're doing good. We have time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Vinny mentioned that it was Mercury retrograde yeah. this month. <laughs> Here, let me pull it. Well, yes. you asked me a little bit about it. You're like, I heard Mercury went retrograde in July. And well, what I asked was if you wanted to talk about it because yeah. it's something that we haven't talked about yet. And since we're doing astrology right now, I figured that this would be possibly a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, and it, it'll definitely. Like, I could probably talk about it for an entire episode, to be honest. Um, first, I'm going to talk about how every planet actually goes retrograde. Uh, it has it's, it has to do with uh, the fact that no planet actually travels at the same speed around the sun as Earth does. So at some point, every planet looks like it is going backwards in the sky compared to us, right? On our, on our journeys around the sun. Um, So Mercury travels around the sun in 88 days compared to uh, planet Earth, which goes around the sun in 365 days. And the way that plays out in the night skies, it actually looks like Mercury's going backwards Mm -hmm. about three or four times a year. And it'll normally stay going backwards for 
nor- roughly 22 days or so? Or Yeah, so I'm just trying to see. So I think it went in retrograde in Leo on July, tw- July 7th. Like it was in Leo and then it's going to end in Cancer, yeah. right? So Mercury yeah. was in Leo, not the Sun was in Leo, but Mercury, Mercury was, in was in Leo on Leo. July 7th. And then, and then it's the going first. backwards towards Cancer. And then uh, and it's Until going to August end 1st, on August 1st, yeah. right? Um, or, oh, or the 15th. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's a long time. Oh, that's the post-shadow. Okay. So that's no. different. Yeah. Okay. So it'll end its retrograde on August 1st, mm-hmm. um, and then it'll start going forward again. Yeah. So it'll end in Cancer, and it'll start going forward again towards Leo again. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, normally what this means is that you should watch out for um, challenges in communication, communi- uh, just general confusion. Um, people tend to misinterpret each other. Sometimes it's easier to get have arguments. Uh some people even go further and say, hey, you're going to have difficulty with traveling and stuff. I hope not, because I'm going traveling you soon. You will be okay <laughs> traveling. Sometimes you want to say, like, with technology, sometimes there can yeah. be issues. Um, some people even say that they, you know, choose not to sign contracts during this time yes. because of the miscommunication and because that of all the happen. different energies. I really hope not, because I signed a contract for moving. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, there's yeah. there's all kinds of things that are said about Mercury going retrograde, and I think the fact that it happens so often every year that mm-hmm. um, uh, some people say that they are really sensitive to Mercury going retrograde yeah. um, more than other planets going retrograde. Mm-hmm. And some planets also, like, when it goes retrograde, it just means, like, now it's the time to reflect on this aspect of yourself, right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to whether or not planets going retrograde, I try not to think too much about it, in all honesty, because I don't want it to interfere with my own sense of intuition, if that makes sense. So it's it's this idea that, yeah, there are all these influences out there, and it's a good idea to know about them, but don't let that interfere with your own ability to make decisions. Yes. Right? Yep. I can, the way I can see it being positive is, yes, maybe you don't need to kind of know every single day what's going on kind of astrologically. But if you do find yourself that, you know, for a couple days or a week, something's just been feeling off or, yeah, Yeah. just things haven't been going right. And then that's where I can see, (laughs) okay, let me see what's going on. In in the stars. In the stars. Oh, that's why blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. And like for sure, um, there's countless people who can, who can, sh- for example, whenever the moon's full, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happens. Yep. <laughs> it's like um, people tend to uh, go into psych wards more often. Mm-hmm. And during a full moon, I've I've um, I've heard and like stats show that yep. there's higher crime during full moons, and mm-hmm. uh, that one's the most you know visible one to us, but. Uh, there's definitely lots of influences out there. Yeah. And I think this full, this past full moon too, I think was also a solar, it was an eclipse too. Yeah. So yeah. again, everything, I don't know. All these things, all these astronomical events. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, these events in, in astrology terms do have influences, um, on ourselves, but fundamentally, uh, 
you know, going back to that Leo, you got to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You got to um, you got to believe in yourself and also trust that intuition and that your intuition is keeping those extra internal forces in mind as yeah. well, right? Um, yeah, so there are actually a couple of quotes I wanted to talk about from Leos. One was from George Bernard Shaw because... He's a he's a Leo with many a famous quote. <laughs> um, one was that he said, "Life isn't about finding yourself; it's about creating yourself," um, which I thought was very Leo of him, uh, because Leo very much cares about not only the self but creativity in the sense of exploration um, through creative means. And then the next one is a modified version of one of my favorite quotes of all time from Alexander. Uh, Dumas in The Count of Monte Cristo. Some of you might know the original quote. I'm just going to give you guys my (laughs) modified version because it's like my life motto now. (laughs) All right. Life is a storm, my friend. You will bask in the sunlight one moment, be shattered on the rocks the next. What makes you strong is what you do when that storm comes. You must look into that storm and shout, do your worst, for I will do mine then the fates will know you for what you are. Myth and tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars and symbols And all of the above 